The following broadcast is brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International. message today, because you can follow along in the bulletin if you want, it's called preparation or preparing to receive. And I'm calling it prepared to receive, because I believe after today, you're going to be prepared to receive all that heaven has for you. Can you say amen? And I wanted to put this in place uh, for this next week, you know, and um, my wife said to me, so what we do with the bulletin, and I ran, I, the points just flowed out of me. So she, 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 had, a, she had a transcribing thing on her, on her phone, and I transcribed or whatever, so we put this down. And I, some of the stuff you can read at home. I'm going to just focus on the main points in preparation for this up and coming week. Because let me just say this. This week is put together, tailor-made for every single person here. Are you with me? And uh, there's some things that I'm going to show you, whether or not you will receive anything or you're going to receive. I'm going to show you why some people will come in here and get everything. There's visitors coming in here. They're going to leave, leave with bags. They're going to leave with, with trucks, loads of stuff. And there'll be locals that will be sitting there with a little wrapper. And the difference is what I'm about to share with you right here. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. But we all, everybody say we all. Say y'all. We all, <laughs> with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory unto glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. That's the whole theme of this week called transfigured. We're being changed. You're not going to look like you're looking now at the end of eight days. Hello. I'll say it again. You're not going to look like you're looking now. Somebody said, well, pastor, what's wrong with the way I look? I never said this. I never said there's anything wrong with the way you look. I said, you're just not going to be looking like you're looking now at the end of eight days. Number one, prepare your hearts. Get your hearts ready. Before you plant anything, you have to go prepare the ground. You have, to, you have to break up the ground. You're going to get the weeds out. You've got to dig the thing up. You've got to fertilize. So you've got seven days to get yourself ready to receive everything that the Lord has for you. Some ground gets hard. And maybe your ground got a little hard because people kept walking on you. And so we've got to get that ground. We've got seven days to get it ready. So I encourage every one of you to prepare your hearts for this wonderful opportunity to receive from the Lord. The Hebrew word prepare means to prepare and get ready. It means to fix and establish. We, we must fix our hearts to serve and honor him only and submit fully to him in all things. He's our creator, our master, our Lord, our savior, our only authority, our source of life, and supply of all that we need. 
So everything we need is in his presence. Everything we need is in his presence. Everything we need is in his word and comes to us by his spirit. Remember, it's not just the word only, it's the spirit as well. So number one, prepare your heart. Say, I will prepare my heart to get ready for what the Lord is about to do. I'm not going to allow strangers to come into this place and to take my inheritance. They are fine to get whatever they want, but I'm going to get my peace and I'm going to get all that heaven has for me and whatever's whatever's what my name attached to it, I'm getting it. No one else is going to get my, what's assigned to me. I don't want to be selfish about it, but I'm setting the parameters right now. I say your name will receive everything that heaven has for me. By the same token, I want my brothers and sisters to receive everything that heaven has for them. I don't want their portion. I want my portion. But Lord, I'm just throwing this out. If you bring a portion to them and they don't want it, I'll take that too. So we prepare our hearts to receive. Then we expect to receive. You know, if you go to a restaurant, a certain cuisine, you expect that food. If I ask for steak, I don't want fish. Are you with me? I expect steak. You say, sit down, I'd like a steak, please. They bring you fish. You go, what is this? Well, sir, really, this is a fish restaurant. (laughs) We don't have steak. (laughs) Why did you come here then? You go to what you're believing for and what you're expecting. Amen. How many like to get what you ordered for? All right. Psalm 62 and 5. My soul wait only upon God and silently submit to him for my hope and expectation are from him. Psalm 73 and 25. Whom I have in heaven but you, and I have no delight or desire on earth besides you. So I'm coming expecting to receive from heaven. So that means you can't let anybody get you off your expectation. Whether it's a parking lot attendant or somebody at registration that didn't recognize you. Hello. Okay, we'll get to all this stuff here because a lot of people get cranky over nonsense. Hello. Don't let anybody steal what the Lord has for you. Number three, be hungry and thirsty. Matthew 5 and 6, blessed they which are hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. People that come are going to come hungry and come thirsty to receive. And when you come, you come to get everything that the Lord has for you. You don't want to miss one thing. Psalm 61 and verse 63, verse 1. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly will I seek you. My inner self thirsts for you. My flesh longs and is faint for you in a dry and a weary land where there is no water. This eight-day meeting, as I said when I prayed earlier, will cause the water level to rise for your life. And the name transfigured means to be transformed. 
transfigured or changed from glory unto glory. That's why I said you're not going to look the same way you do right now. There's going to be something different about you when the Lord finishes with you. Can you say amen? amen. Number four, place a demand upon the anointing. So you come with expectation. Uh, Matthew 7 and verse 9 to 11. Or what man is there among you whom, if the son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he'll give him a serpent. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who's heaven give you good gifts to those who ask him? So, obviously, during this week of preparation, you start to ask God, okay, this is what I'm believing for in the spirit. I'm trusting you. I'm, I'm, I'm believing for these things. You can put your request in concerning these things. You can put your request in for natural things, but I want you to put your request in for spiritual things. What spiritual things are you believing God for? Can you say amen? amen. Now, number, okay, so if you place a demand upon the anointing and ask according to his word, the Lord will touch and bless you. Number five, impartation comes by the word and the spirit. So, the conference transfiguration is a specifically designed to take you on a journey from A to Z over the course of eight days. A journey towards a deeper walk with the Lord, greater experience with the Holy Spirit, and a transformation in your life being changed from glory to glory. Now watch this. This is, this is important. Practical. Do not be selective in your attendance. Every meeting is important. Monday morning is just as important as Friday night. Saturday morning is important as Tuesday night. Do not be selective. Back in the early days of revival, people would come in and stay the whole time. Today, pick, people pick two services or they decide to stay and watch online. Online ain't going to cut it because, again, the distractions that will come your way. What if you lose power? Then suddenly you can't see the service. Hello? What if your battery drains on your phone? Or something happens, or the phone call comes in that throws the whole screen off. There are people watching me here this morning. You've already had three phone calls and seven texts, just while I'm talking. <laughs> and you're picking up on select things, but that's, that's not good enough. From the praise and worship to the teaching on stewardship, the testimonies, the preaching of the word, and the moving of the spirit, everything is important. Everything is important. It's not there to drag out time. There's something the Lord has for you in anything. So it's like going to a restaurant where you have, okay, there's a seven-course meal. The chef's special table. Are you with me? Somebody said, what is it going to be? Don't worry, the chef's going to surprise you. Somebody who, who's the chef? The Holy Ghost is his name. It will be, be to your benefit to commit to attend as many services as you possibly can. In other words, you need to go ahead and straighten out and say, I'm going to change that. I need to book. The, I'll just tell people they can wait another week. I'm going to move some things around because I'm pressing in. I'm using this. This is going to catapult me into... The next three, four months, I'm going to run flat out. I mean, we have another conference in May, but that's the next conference. Now, my wife has a ladies' conference, but the men can't come to that. Hello. So that's a ladies' thing. 
I saw the pink perfume and whatever. Okay, leave that alone. Okay. So you have to commit to attend as many services as possible. Don't skip out. And the service that you think is not important is important. Just because we're not swinging from the rafters every service doesn't mean to say it's not an important service. Are you with me? Just because we're not running around the building jumping over five pews every service doesn't mean to say it's not important. Don't miss out on anything that the Lord is doing throughout the course of the week. You never know which service is going to be yours. And I'll even go to say people leaving before the end of the service. There have been many times where I've been up preaching, the Lord give me a word for people, and I look for them and they've already left. And you know, I see them again, but it doesn't, it, it's not the same. I'll be walking along and I'll see somebody, and I've and I, I got a word for them, but I'm busy preaching, and the Lord said, I want you to give them that word. And so then I'm ministering. We may give an article. I look for them and they're gone, and my heart sinks. Okay, you've got to be kidding me. They just walked out. Some people will go get them. Sometimes I don't know who they are. Sometimes I don't know how to get a hold of them. Are you with me? Where's that dude? Well, the hoodie. Yeah, where's that enemy? He was, they were just there. The Lord spoke to me about him. I can't, I can't give them that word. So you never know what God's going to do. So we said, yeah, but he just went to the toilet. I know that I pray that he received the blessing that he went to receive. I pray. <laughs> no, and again, please, we want people to use the ablutions. We don't want messes in the floor of the sanctuary. Amen. So I'm not asking you to sit here beyond yourself to where you can't handle it anymore. If you need to go, please go. But don't get stuck in the toilet with a prophet at the at the basin, and he's giving you a word. Somebody said, man, I went to that camp meeting. I tell you, if it hadn't been for the prophet at the basin, I wouldn't have got anything. <laughs> Except you don't know the prophet at the basin. The, 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 the basin. The, 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 the basin. Uh, obviously, in the ladies' room, it'll be a lady prophet because we don't have uh, mixed restrooms. Amen. Which you should be happy about. All right. Now, number six. The Lord has something for you. Say this on me. The Lord has something for me. Now, I know people want to criticize. No, it's impossible. God can't have something for every single person in the room. God's got something for every single person on the planet. Amen. Do you know how many people there are on the planet? There's over 8 billion people on the planet. God's got things for them. Some will never see it. Others will. So there are special things the Lord has for each and every person. Each one of us is unique and different at a different place in our walk with the Lord. So what you need over here... And what you need over here, two totally different things. Are you with me? They're not believing for children. You will believe for children. <laughs> Amen. That will never be anything exercised in their faith ever again. 
it will be everything that you'll exercise in your faith. Amen. They're not believing to raise any kids, but you will believe to raise children. There's things in their faith that they've already passed. There's things that you will face. And the same goes for every single person here. There are things that you believe in for that are very unique to you, but God will deal with each person in a different way. Aren't you happy about that? The way he touches you may be different from the way he touches someone else. Somebody said, well, I didn't, you heard the testimony of the brother from Alabama? He said, I didn't, I didn't get any joy. Well, I mean, there's not much joy in Foley, Alabama. I was there. But the Lord still has joy for you. The way he touches you may be different. Everybody say, the way he touches me may be different from the way he touches someone else. What I'm going to do is just keep my heart open, press in, and receive what the Lord has for me. Now, here's the thing. So when I'm ministering, a lot of times people are focused on me because they believe in that I'm going to do something and the Lord's going to speak to me or whatever. First of all, that's too much pressure on one person. So leave me alone. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stop bothering me. Leave me alone. Just let me be. Let me just minister. I'm going to ask the Lord if he needs me to do something specific, he will lead me along those lines. But I don't want to feel pressure from people where they feel like you have to do this for me now. Or you have to. I need you to pray for me or whatever. God can touch you right in your seat. God can touch you in a balcony. He can touch you right at the back. He'll find you on the field, wherever you are, and touch you in a powerful way. Just open your heart. Don't, say, don't be selective. Well, I don't want that. I don't want to act like that. Don't tell him what you're going to do. Just say, Lord, I'll take everything you have for me. Each one of us is unique. You're uniquely you. You keep your heart open. Together, as we keep our hearts turned towards the Lord, we create an atmosphere where he can freely move and touch each one of us. And sometimes it's just one word. One thing drops into your spirit, and that'll carry you. Amen. One thing. And we'll say one thing. one thing. If there's a house full of treasure and it's locked up, how do you get in? One key. One key opens the door. One word from God. One word. Everything changes. Then let's talk about number seven here for just a moment. And I know this probably is not going to come as an exciting thing to you because let's talk about the Lord's timetable. Oh, brother, did you have to bring that up? The Lord's timetable. Well, I wish he would speed it up and hurry it up. But the Holy Spirit does not work according to our timetable. 
So in other words, well, I'm coming Monday night, Monday night alone. If the Lord's going to do anything, he's got Monday night, and that's it. And I'll be there till 10 because then I'm running Ubers until 2. <laughs> God, if you're going to do anything more for me, you have to do it between the hours of 7 and 10. Because after it, I'm Ubering. Do you understand me? Now, some of the most powerful moves of God have taken place later in the services, which, again, I understand that people have got to get home and have to go sleep. I understand that. But if you bow, I watched it. There was this event that we went to this last week. They said it'll go from 8 to 11. People was, there were, th- there were thousands of cars outside trying to get in. They shut the event down. The event was closed. Nobody could get in. And everybody left at 11. So if you tell people the event will be from 7 to 8, they'll come at 8 o'clock. They get up by habit. Just because you said it ends at 8, they all leave. So I don't like putting an ending time on anything. Because I, in the past, I've done that. If I said, okay, we're going to end at this time, and then half of the people left, and then the power of God blitzed the place, and I'm thinking, man, if they were only here, they would have been a part of that. But it's too late, because we said there was an ending time, and they left according to the ending time. Why does God do that? I don't know. Maybe you have to get rid of half the crowd before you ever move with God. I, I don't know. Jesus had a kick people out of the room before you raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. I just don't feel the people that come around the river are the people that need to be kicked out before God can do what he wants to do. I don't believe that. When we travel on the road, that is the case. There are places I go, I promise you, I get up to preach, I go, Pastor Eric's been worked over for like two hours. I just look at him shaking his head. I said, been rough, hasn't it? He goes, oh, brother. I said, well, I'd give it my best shot. Amen. But there's been places where we, I just get up and say, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And I know that the Lord doesn't work this way, but there have been times I've said, Lord, could you please beam me up right now? There's no spiritual intelligent life on this planet. So I'm going to say this, do not leave this service too soon and miss out on what the Lord has for you. Now, here's what what I noticed too. So as moment you're worshiping, everything's fine, people people start dragging in late for the worship for whatever reason. Don't drag in late, come and press in from the start. But then too, the the moment you finish preaching the word, they immediately, in their mindset, service is over. So he finished preaching, and he prayed or gave an altar call. That's the end of the service. Time to go. It's not the end of any meeting. That's just part of the service. Amen. Are you with me? So say this on me. I will not leave the service too soon and miss out on what the Lord wants to do. And there are going to be a lot of distractions, a lot of distractions, which I'll get to that point number nine. I don't want to jump ahead of myself here. Let's look at point number eight, a blessing for every age and stage. Amen. Whether you are just a young one or you are facing 
the final seconds of your life. There's a blessing. At least you're going to heaven happy. Can you say amen? Feel free, as we say, in fact, to encourage, we encourage you to bring your children and teenagers to the meeting and get them in as many services as possible. What always bothers me is people don't bring their kids or whatever. And if the kids are there, then the kids are running around playing football. Anyway, I'll get to that later. Your kid needs to be in the service. My dad and mom, they carried us everywhere. We sat there. Listen, if we didn't sit there, it wasn't going to be good for us. I promise you. We'd lose any privileges that we had by the time we got home, and we'd get a whooping. It wasn't good. We were told what to do. We didn't allow, they did not allow us to run around and do whatever they wanted to do. We weren't allowed to scream, make noise, you know. And I mean, we got up to stuff. I told you, I made, I made paper jets out of the song sheets and flew them over the heads of the people, you know. When everybody was bound their head in prayer, then I'd throw it to see how far it would fly. And if anybody looked around, I'd just bow my head like this so that nobody knew it was me. But it was me. No, so I've done that. I'm not, I'm not saying I was, you know, Mr. Goody Two-Shoes. I, you, as kids, you do what kids do. We ate the communion in the back room, <laughs> which they prepared differently. They had the, the mozzas on the tray and the thing. We drank the juice and ate the mozzas. And the deacons came back to get the communion. There was none. Myself and my brother scoffed everything. We were hungry. We had crumbs on our face. And then I'm like five years old, he's three. My dad comes back there. He whooped our eyes. The deacon, they had to sing another hymn. They had to sing another hymn while they ran to Pilos Cafe, the Greek, at the corner to go get another bottle of grape juice and some uh, matzah, uh, you know, uh, bread for the communion. So sing the hymn again. Why? The Hound Browns have scoffed the communion. <laughs> he whipped us in the back room. We came in there like a bunch of heathen. Marks all over our behinds. We stood there. And maybe part of it was in the denomination we grew up, they would never give the kids communion. So we were always intrigued by it. For whatever reason, they didn't feel kids should have communion, which instead of teaching us about it, they just didn't, yeah. you know. So you weren't allowed to give the kids communion. So we saw it, we thought, they ain't feeding us. We'll have our own communion back here. We got into problems one day because we let the water out of the baptismal font. <laughs> Behind uh, in the, the pulpit was the curtains. When you open it up, there was a River Jordan. <laughs> and it was your pool, you know, you go down, my dad would dress in white and he was one of the members of the board and, and then they were saying there's a new name written down in glory and the people would come down in white into it and they would baptize them and they would come out. So we thought, we were checking, we saw, it's the final person. So we pulled the plug. And the water was draining. And suddenly this very big lady was coming in, 
And my dad's looking, the water level's going low, so he's trying to block the, the hole with his foot and get the lady, and he pushed her under, but half of her was still uncovered. <laughs> my dad's splashing water to cover the lady. My dad went from baptism to sprinkling because two kids pulled the plug on the baptismal font. And we, we got ministered for, to, for that. So I know what kids are like. <laughs> but you've got to get them in the service. And get him in the meeting, and you have to talk to them straight, tell them you need, to, you need to be sitting there paying attention. Amen. We do have separate service for the children. However, many children receive a special touch from the Lord when they're in the main service as well. So feel free. If the kid wants to come to the big service, you can bring them. But send them to their age group. However, neither of you, neither you nor they, will be able to receive anything if you spend time walking around, hanging in the lobby, chatting to people. Especially when you're seeing people now that are coming in for the second time twice a year. Oh, so great to see you. 40 minutes later, now you suddenly find yourself in the seat. Now you're trying to plug into the service. That's why I start telling people when the countdown is played, that's the time everybody should be dropping everything and moving themselves towards the service. I try to tell our pastors, that's not the time for a congregation member to, I really need help with something. Hey, the service has started. You can make an appointment, you can come see me during the week, but we are going into the service now. Amen. Notice how quiet this gets right now. If you do bring your children to the main service for the benefit of all, have them seated and paying attention, not running around. Somebody said, well, he's just like that. Where he's behind out. Look, look at these kids sitting here, very attentive. They're all quiet. There's children sitting here. There's kids in the service here, very respectful. Just take a look around and see the children that are in the service today that are paying total attention. Come on. So it's not like it's impossible. There's, there's children, there are very obedient kids sitting here in the service today because we brought the kids in here today. So this is a great example of parents that have trained their children to actually pay attention and to sit in the service. You're seeing a classic example of somebody said, well, we just couldn't bring our kid. He's five years old. He's running around the streets with the Hamas flag last night. <laughs> Sorry. Now, you can feel free to bring something for the young ones to help them sit still, a pen, paper, or coloring book. We sat as kids coloring or doing whatever, but we were listening. We were drawing something, but we were listening. And the anointing was affecting us. Took a while to kick in. Amen. But it eventually does. Hallelujah. 
And then, of course, even teenagers can benefit if they have a notebook to write in. They're not sitting on their phone, searching the internet, talking to their friends in another place. They're bored with this or bored with that or whatever. Bring them in, get them to pay attention to what's going on, what the Lord has for them. Young people need to be in the service. Everybody, old people need to be. Some sure they can't take it past nine o'clock. Why? They get, they, they get tired. Well, they're going to get very tired. The day's going to come when they get so tired they never wake up again. <laughs> Hello. It's called the long sleep. Listen, it's quite fine if an old person dozes off in one of these services. I have no problem with that. Just get people under the anointing. Get them in the service. Amen. And help them. You can nudge them a little bit. And if you need a double espresso, you can stop by King's Arms on the way and just give yourself a kick before you come in. Just because you've been touched by the Lord does not mean that your children will get it by osmosis. Each person, no matter what age, must have a personal encounter with God, experience his presence, and make a choice to serve and honor the Lord. That's why we have the Youth Week, Kids Week, for the purpose of just giving them a chance to have their own experience within their own age group of people. Are you with me? So they can see other children being touched by the power of God. It's very important that they see that. Then let's go to the lobby. Which as much as I love the lobby, in the lobby you'll find many amenities available for your convenience. There were several businesses available to serve you, including King's Arms Coffee. These businesses are part of Kingdom Business Fellowship. We encourage you to take a moment to see what they have available and to support these local businesses. But let me just say, to sit there the whole service is a travesty. Especially we were on the pavilion. Now I'm preaching there and I'm watching people in the lobby. It is such a distraction to me. I have to hold on to myself and I want to switch the mic off, run down there and grab people and shove them in. I, because I can see that. I can see everything. I'm watching every single thing. I see there's a group of five people talking over there. There's another seven out there. I'm counting while I'm preaching. One, two, three, four. What are they doing there? Why are they there? It's one thing if people come, leave, and they go to the toilet. You can see they go, you go to the restroom. They're coming back into the service. But going to the lobby and just sitting down, as people go sit, you can see them sitting at the chairs. Somebody said, why do you want to force people on the service? I want them to get what the Lord has for them. I don't want anybody coming in not receiving what God has for them. He was a long-time friend I haven't seen. You can see them later. I want somebody thrown off here. You know, people come in here, get saved and set free and delivered. And then you hear, and suddenly your ex shows up. 
I don't want anybody missing out on what God has just because your ex showed up or whatever. Hello. Just tell the usher who they are. We'll bury them out in the swamp. <laughs> no, we won't do that. We're not going to do that. That was a joke, bad joke, but I'm just telling you right now, don't let any, I'm trying to tell you, do not let anything distract you from receiving from what the Lord has. So service starts, obviously main event 9.30, and the night starts at 7. Service doesn't start at 10 to 8. Are you going to be late for the marriage supper of the Lamb? Who's going to be on time for the marriage supper of the Lamb? And let me tell you, I know just from watching the online meetings, the online service starts off with five, six hundred, and then by the time the end of worship's running about eleven hundred. And then by the time we hit the offerings, about 1,800 people watching, on to 2,000 people watching. And the moment the offering goes in, then it drops by 200, okay? And then the moment the message starts, it picks up again. And the moment we give an altar call, then it, it flips out. Then people, I heard the message and that's it. They're not, you're not going to, and yet you hear the testimony. I was watching and on YouTube, the fire of God came through television and hit me. I mean, you hear many people talking about that. If people in distant lands are getting hit by the fire of God, what about the people sitting right in the very place? Why is it? It's because somebody is placing a mind upon the anointing. Somebody said, I'm going to get everything that heaven has. You can be healed in your seat. You can be delivered in your seat. You can be touched in your seat. You can receive something from heaven in your seat. In your seat by the power of the Holy Spirit. Then when you walk out of this place, you're totally changed by the hand of the Lord. Hallelujah. And then let me wrap it up here with number 10. I could have gone to 12, but uh, I forgot what the other two points were, so I just <laughs> cut it down to 10. I wanted 12 because it sounded good, you know, the 12 disciples, 12 apostles, you know. But <laughs> I rattled them off so fast. My wife said, what are the other two? I said, I don't know. I forgot now. You know, just make it 10. They were good. The other two points, just want you to know, Taylor, they were good. They were good points. Maybe I'll add on the 11th one when I finish this one. We are praying for you that during these eight days, nothing will stand in your way. You'll not be distracted or miss out on anything the Lord has for you. And at the conclusion of this meeting, you will never be the same again. For ministers, it's something specific. For business people, it's something specific. For other individuals here, for a single mom, it's something specific. For a senior, it's something specific. Any one of you can get anything that you need from the Lord when you place a demand. 
And you almost have to shut out everything else around about you. Like the woman with the issue of blood, when she pressed through the crowd and touched the hem of Jesus' garment. She was illegally in a public place. If she was caught with an issue of blood publicly, she was to be stoned according to the law. She didn't care. She was desperate. There were many people thronging Jesus. There'll be many people thronging in this place. But she pressed in. And she said, I'm going to see from heaven. And she got what she needed. And you will get, by the hand of God, exactly what you need. Whatever you put into this week, you'll get out. You come ready to praise. You come ready to worship. You come ready to give. You come ready to sow seed. You come ready to rejoice. You, you shouldn't come to this meeting and say, okay, I'm going to give them three days and they're going to have to pick me up. You should gladden yourself in your car as you drive in here. So when my feet touch the ground at the river, I'm stepping into another dimension. I'm not going to wait till Thursday night to get what heaven has for me. I'm getting it from the very first. I'm getting it from Sunday morning, the main event. I'm stepping right into it. Sunday night, I'm going to be right in the middle of it. Monday morning, Monday night, Tuesday morning, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, Thursday night, Friday morning, Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Boom, it'll be gone. It'll be finished. It's finished. It's over. It'll never come again. This week will be history. But whatever God had for you will either be received or be left on the table. I want to close with this. I... I don't know how many services that this has happened with us, but we've had people that God uses in this way, in a powerful way, that have come up to me and said, Pastor Rodney, while you were preaching and the power of God began to fall, because what happens, the moment you're preaching, then the joy hits, then people that are visiting think, okay, that's the end of the service. They're just laughing now. They don't understand the moving of the Spirit of God. And God's actually moving. And even if I'm paused or just standing there just waiting, it's not because I don't know what to do. I'm just letting the Lord do what he wants to do. So watch this. They come up to me and say, Pastor Ronnie, while you were preaching and the power fell, I saw angels walking around through the crowd giving out gifts to individuals. They were beautiful. They were specially made for each individual. Some gladly received, and some the angel had to take it and walk away with what he brought for them. And that has happened not just once, it's happened many, many times. And I went, I've left the service thinking, Lord, well, I mean, that's just terrible. I mean, how, how can we get people ready to receive? He says, only it's their heart attitude, it's the way that they come, they place a demand. All you can do, son, is what he said, all you can do is make people hungry for what I have for them. You can't force them. It's the same with a plate of food. You can put the food down in front of people and say, eat, and, and they say, I'm not hungry. They take a mouthful or two, and that's it. You say, but this is great food. I know. I, just, I, I don't feel hungry. So it's not about just getting people here for meetings. We have meetings all the time. This is about you receiving from heaven 
what the Lord has for every single one of you, which is very important for the days ahead. Can you say amen? Thank God for healing school, but you know how many times people have just been healed instantly sitting in their seat without anyone even touching them? They walk in here and suddenly they're healed. Just in the service. We weren't even praying for the sick. We didn't even lay hands on a sick person. The power of God just hit them. Whatever was plaguing them left them. People come in oppressed by the enemy, tormented by the enemy, and suddenly their things snap and leave them, and they walk out of the place totally free by the hand of God. Because that's what happens in the atmosphere of heaven. Can you say amen? amen? Every time we come together, we should expect nothing less than heaven's best as we come to feast at the banquet table of heaven. As the master is saying, come and dine, Come and dine, come and eat of the heavenly bread. Come and drink of the living water. Come and drink of the new wine. Come and have your head anointed with oil and your cup filled to the brim to overflowing. I'm gonna anoint you, I'm gonna bless you. I'll even put shoes on your feet. I'm gonna put a robe on your back. I'm gonna put a ring on your finger. You're gonna feast at my banquet table. Come, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see, open your mouth. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He is very, very good. Come, eat your fill. And when you get up from this table, two angels, one by the name of goodness, the other by the name of mercy, will follow you all the days of your life. And you will see his hand and you will see his glory. Hallelujah. If two angels are following me, one angel jumped into a Mustang on, on Friday. Are you with me? Listen, let me tell you right now, God will take care of his people and he loves his people and he has something very special for you. Now in final, final closing of this message, let me say this to you. If you throw a party for somebody, specifically for them. It's their party. And you invite them and you have gifts for them and they don't come. Someone said, yeah, but pastor, I mean, this camp is for everybody. It's not just for me. This is for you. It's for every single person that is here under the sound of my voice. If you're watching, that's why you need to get on a plane, get in the train, get in the bus, come see us. Get in a canoe, the back of a camel, a piro, if you come from Louisiana. Get here. Pick up that phone and call the airlines and book your ticket to Tampa, Florida, starting Sunday morning at 9.30 for Transfigured Conference. You'll be touched and you can get a hoodie <laughs> transfigured and you can leave with it. 
people be asking you, what is that? Say, let me tell you what it is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then don't come by yourself. Say, are you coming with me? Where? We're going to a meeting. And when they come in here and everything's like kind of strange and they want to leave, no, you're not leaving. You're staying to the end. It's not over till the fat angel sings. Somebody said, a fat angel? I didn't know there was one. I didn't really know there was one. I just kind of made that up. But if he was, his name would be Luigi. Probably eats too much pasta. He's a pastor. So, somebody said, well, can't I get anything here today? How many have already received some things here today? We're still not over yet. There's still about a half an hour left here. Hello. I'm just preparing you. I remember we, for my 50th birthday, which seems so far away now, but um, everybody asked me what I want to do. I said, I want to take the kids and the grandbabies on a vacation to Hawaii. I want to just do that. Do you know that? Do you know how many weeks we spent in preparation of that thing? We wrote down every day what we were going to do because you know you've got to keep the kids moving. It doesn't matter that you turn 50. They don't care. They want to be doing stuff every day and they want to do stuff four times a day. Are you with me? Hello. So we sat, we worked out every day. Okay, Sunday, this is what we do. Monday, we're going to do this. Tuesday, we're going to do that. Wednesday, we're going to do that. Thursday, we're going to do this. Friday, and how, how long were we there, baby? You can't remember. Do you remember how many? Three weeks. It was a three week. That was my birthday present to take my family. I wanted the Lord, and the Lord helped me do that, and I paid for them all to go. Do you know what it's like? entertaining your children for three weeks and the grandbabies for three solid weeks. Oh, Lord, have mercy. (laughs) At the end of three weeks, I needed a vacation. (laughs) But I got the answer to my prayer, which that's what I wanted for my birthday. And, but let me tell you, so, but every day we, we, we gave every option. Okay, so what do you want to do this day? We'd like to ride the bike from the top of the volcano all the way to the bottom. That's 10,000 feet. Here, we want to do that. Okay, we're going to do that. So then we all go up to the top of the mountain. We all ride bikes down. Where do you want to eat lunch then? These are the options for lunch. Then what do you want to do? We'd like to go to the pool and do a pool afternoon. Okay. And then what do you want for supper? And that we, every day was planned for three solid weeks. That's the way the whole thing was, was all laid out. Why? And everyone remembers that. Everybody remembers that vacation. They remember everything. One day we went zip lining. I mean, we did everything. Whatever we could do that was available to do, we did. So as people tell me, hey, go to Hawaii. I said, I've done it. I've done it. We're going to go there. We've done that. 
We've done, we've done that. We did that. We've done that. I can be official to a guide. I can show you everything there. I know exactly what to do. We've done that. I want to go snorkeling. Done that. I'd like to go surfing. Tried that. There's only one thing I wouldn't do is that parasailing thing. Because I didn't want Megalodon to jump up <laughs> and snap me. It would be my day that it would be the first sighting of the giant shark of the deep that came from the depths of the Mariana tranche, tranche and snapped me up. And I thought, nah. Plus, I saw that video with the thing got cut and the guy was just floating through the town. <laughs> it ain't happening, just so you know. Amen. So, but one of the things, I said all that to say this. Just like you as a father sit and plan everything and you want to bless your kids, your heavenly father plans everything. I've got this for you on Monday. I've got this for you on Tuesday. I have this for you on Wednesday. I have this for you on Thursday. This is an eight-day special package. Amen. The rest of the world can come to an end. They can drop atomic bombs we have in camp meeting. They can have a blizzard. There can be snow falling 10 foot in Tampa. We have in a camp meeting. A volcano could erupt in Ybor City. We have in camp meeting. not going to miss out on what the Lord has for us. Can you say amen? amen? So let me just say one more thing. The message is finished, but I just need to say one more thing. When you add into this equation hundreds and hundreds of hungry, desperate people on top of you that have waited for four or five years, there are people coming who have not even been here in 10 years. These people texting me, we, we, haven't, we, we haven't even been here since COVID. We're coming for the first time. I'm just telling you, it adds another dimension to it because you can feel it in the place. And I don't want anybody that's here, where you're here all the time, to be the dead weight, the lead weight, dragging your tail. Hello. When you come here, walk in here and just pretend. How many can pretend something? Pretend you've never been to the river before. Pretend you don't know anything. Pretend you, you've never seen anything before. You just walk in there. You don't even know me. You don't even know who I am. Ronald. <laughs> you have no clue. <laughs> You're just coming in. And you're coming to receive from heaven. Because let me tell you, all I am is a servant of the Lord. I can't give people everything. If I could, I'd give everybody everything. I, if I was able to bless you with everything you wanted today, I would do it. I can't. I'm not God. I'm just a facilitator of that. Are you with me? And there have been many times I've left the service and said, Lord, I wanted more people to be touched. He said, son, I know. If you wanted them to be touched, I wanted them to be touched more than you wanted them to be touched. But you can't get hungry for them. You have to preach them hungry, and they have to get hungry and press in for themselves. And the ones that get hungry and press in for themselves, I'll meet them.
the ones that are stuck in a foreign field and you, your visa, their people text me, they wouldn't approve my visa. I can't make it. Pastor, I cannot make it to the camp meeting. They turned my visa down. But they said, we will watch online. I said, God will touch you online. Amen. Maybe this is not like a raw, raw message or whatever, but this is a preparation message in order for everybody to receive next week in what heaven has for you. Can you say amen? Would you bow your heads, please, across the room? While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you have come into this room today, you're watching by way of television, Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. A friend brought you here today or you saw one of the advertisements and you came. Maybe you've never been in a place like this. But while you're sitting here, you feel the finger of God coming upon your life and you hear the Lord calling you. And I want to ask you a question. What would happen if today was your last day on the earth? You went home, put your head on your pillow in the middle of the night, fell asleep, never woke up again. Where would you go? Where would you spend eternity? I want you to know there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. You don't have to go to a devil's hell because 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross, the price was paid, the blood was shed. And just like that old song says, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunge beneath the flood, lose all the guilty stain. So today, the power of sin is going to be broken. The power of guilt and shame is going to be removed from your life. You might have come in here one way, but you're going to leave another way. Today, he calls you. He says, come. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Will you surrender to him and say, yes, Lord? Yes. I surrender. I bow my knee to you today. I'm going to give you my life today. I give you my life to receive yours. I'll swap you, Lord. I'll swap you. I'll give you the broken, torn, battered pieces of my life that's broken, torn, and battered by sin and guilt and shame, and I'll give it to you to receive your life. I humble myself today. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. And he cares for you. He's not against you. He's for you. He says, come. Maybe you're here today. You say, Pastor, I gave my life to the Lord in days gone by, but I've grown cold. I'm not serving God like I should. I've allowed hidden things to come and clog my heart. Pride and unforgiveness, bitterness. Jealousy, envy, lust, all the hidden things that clog the heart of man. But I want them gone today. I don't want any of that in my life. Please, can you pray for me today? I want a new heart. He said, I will take out the stony heart and put a new spirit within you. And today that will take place. Maybe it's not hidden. Maybe it's something outward that all can see. But the Lord says, come. I'm going to give you a new start. I'm going to give you a new beginning. 
everything's about to change. Maybe you're here today, you're watching by way of television. A storm came against your life. There's been many storms the past four years. A sudden divorce, a bankruptcy, the loss of a loved one, a sudden illness, the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job. Something happened that rocked your world, took your breath away. And you say, I don't even know, I don't know how to get back. But the Lord says, I'm going to give you a new start. A new beginning shall be yours today if you'll surrender and say, yes, Lord. And then lastly, you hear today, you say, Pastor, I'm a child of God. But the thing that plagues me constantly is I do not have the assurance. I cannot look you in the eye and say, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm a child of God. And if I died right now, I'm going to go straight to be with Jesus. Today, I would love to, love to make sure. I'd love to know that I know. He calls you now. He says, come. If you fit into any one of these three categories, I want to pray with you and for you. And even in your homes, you can respond by raising your hand. Won't you quickly just put your hand up and say, pray for me right now. Just slip it up high and say, yes. Raise up high. In the balcony, on the main floor, just wave it at me. Thank you over here. Thank you back there. Anybody else? Another hand over here. Raise up high. Another hand back there. Another hand. Just slip it up high and say, yes, Lord. Yes. Yes, that's me. I'm not leaving. I see your hand all the way at the back. Anybody else? I says, you're going to have to help me and just point to where the hand's coming from. Because, okay, thank you. I see your hands in the air, but I'm looking for, there's another hand right back under the overhang. Anybody else? On the balcony and the main floor, just slip your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Once you've raised it up, you can put it down. I want you to look at me, if you would, please. Over here, the north balcony, if you sit in the north balcony and you didn't raise your hand, but you want to be included in the prayer we're going to pray right now, just put that hand up and say, include me. Anybody else? I've seen your hand already, sir. Anybody else? Under this balcony, or the north balcony, and under the, the overhang, you didn't raise your hand, but want to be included, just slip it up high and say, yes, that's me. Quickly. Just slip it up high. Thank you. Anybody else? This middle section under the west balcony, didn't raise your hand, but want to be included, put that hand up right now and say, include me. Anybody else? Right at the back there, I see your hand. Up at the balcony, the west balcony, anybody else? Just raise it up high and say, yes, that's me. Up in the shadows there, up at the back of the balcony. <laughs> All right. I can only see if you smile with your teeth. Then this side. You didn't raise your hand on the south balcony, but you want to be included. Slip your hand up right now. Little one, raise your hand. God bless you. Then under this, the balcony here, on the overhang there, you didn't raise your hand, but want to be included. Put your hand up right now and say, include me. I want every single person that raised your hand to stand to your feet all across the room today. Please stand. Just stand. Go ahead and stand. Stand, 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 stand. Stand. I'm going to ask you to come. Bring your personal belongings and come stand right here. We're going to pray together. Come. Come right now. Come. Come.
cross before me. The world behind me. No turning back. You could take the whole world, but give me Jesus. You could take the whole world. Turning back. No turning back. No turning back. We'll wait for those coming from the balcony. By the way, the elevators, we're waiting just on the completion of one or two things, but they're on their way. And uh, that'll be a great help, no doubt for the balconies until until then please just use our your weekly stair climber here at the river which is part of your fitness amen isn't it awesome to harvest the souls in the middle of a blizzard I want you to look at me right now we're going to pray with you and for you and I want you to know that you didn't come to man, you've come to the Lord. I'm just a messenger here today, and I'm going to pray with you. One prayer fits all. If you mean business with God, God means business with you. So we're going to pray together. I want you to just close your eyes, raise your right hand to heaven. That's where your help comes from. And pray this aloud, out loud. Believe it in your heart and say it with me. I'll say, Father, I come to you in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Lord, you said in your word, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior, and I believe in my heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, I will be saved. So, Father, right now, I confess Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart. Put in a heart of flesh. Wash me. Cleanse me. Change me. Fill me. Use me. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world. And I turn my back on sin. And I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you that on the third day you rose for me. And thank you that you're coming back again for me. From this day on, I'll never be the same again. I confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He is my Lord and my Savior. And right now, by faith in the finished work of the cross, 
And by the shed blood of Jesus, I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Thank you, Lord, for saving me now. Now just lift both hands and just thank the Lord. Let me pray over you right now. Father, I pray that you would seal them now by your blood and by your spirit. That on that day, when we stand before them, before you, let not one of them be missing. Let not one precious person here be missing. Raise them up to be mighty men and women of God and use them to impact this generation, we pray. And I thank you for it now. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Well, welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. As a servant of the Most High God, I want to tell you right now, all your sins are forgiven. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. Forgiven. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. All of you forgiven. Thank you, Lord. This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard-Brown or for additional resources, visit Revival.com.